Hey everybody, welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree, and uh, today I'm introducing you to a friend who is very near and dear to my heart. She's a sex educator based here in fabulous New York City. I'm always inspired by the conversations we share on uh, what some would call the more icky and vulnerable conversations around sex, her approach, her philosophy, all of it is just so inspiring and so much fun to listen to. She also has a pretty cool world record that you're going to hear all about. Joining me today on the show is the amazing Lola Jean. All right, joining me for Licked and Loaded today. Hello, we've got sex educator and world record volume squirter holder, Lola Jean. Hello. Hello. I hope everyone heard that. World record solo volume squirt holder. Is that how you say it? Would, would That's that be so many lineup? words at once. I mean, yeah, I say uh, world record holder for volume squirting. That's it. In parentheses, solo, because then there's questions of, well, how did it happen? What does it mean? Um, basically, it's that I set the amount of volume for squirting within a one minute period using the only the assistance of one's person, meaning my hand. So no partners, no toys. Uh, and I didn't even penetrate myself. That wasn't a rule. I just did it. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen it. I mean, I've seen, I've seen you in action, just doing it. And that's an just incredible drowning people. Oh, just an incredible fucking talent. Like the bodily ability is amazing. Uh, as I was getting ready to open up this zoom room, I was like Lola Jean squirt queen. And as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, wait, when did our culture become so obsessed with squirting? Because I remember a time when we used to talk about our sexual preferences or how our body responds sexually. It was never about, are you a squirter? And you know, it wasn't the, the top trend in, in porn. It wasn't squirting. When did this happen? When was this the focus? It, I do, because I, I do remember that too, because I remember in my early 20s where I was like, I think I maybe squirted once, but I wasn't sure. That's what I remember first hearing about it in terms of like, someone talking about a gusher, but they were referring to it in a negative context. But I wasn't really aware. I mean, I wasn't really aware of it while I was doing it. The first time mm. I did it, the person I was with was like, oh, hey, you squirted. Is that a thing you do? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then I was forced to learn about it because my body did a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. People, you can actually you know, next time you're in New York, if Lola Jean is doing a Cirque de Squirt event or really any squirting educational opportunity. It's definitely something to see, but I've noticed it become like a, a major point of the conversation around sex and how an individual climaxes more yeah. so than ever over the last few years. Yeah. And I think it's cause like, you know, ass eating kind of came into our vernacular more recently too. So it's these things that were kind of like taboo beforehand, but I think it was because a lot of porn culture and sex culture is driven by men's desires because capitalism and patriarchy and squirting was something that was very much a high male desire. So therefore it made it a, a commodity and a quality that a lot of non-men wanted to have. Mm -hmm. Cause it, that's, it, that's our only function is being desirable, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. That's totally, that's, that's the only function, but it's also become, uh, 
an unfortunate understanding for some people as the 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 definition of climax of like the moment of climax and so that's like where I have this weird relationship with it because I'm not much of a sporter myself like it has happened but it's not the way that my body expresses an orgasm yeah I think I think there's like two camps of people I think there's the one camp like you where it's like if a certain type of stimulation or the wind's blowing the right way then you squirt and where other people more like me where squirting is how like my body expresses pleasure so it's it's happening a lot of the time and frankly it's mostly annoying (laughs) (laughs) we love it Lola talk to me about life as a sex educator what does that job look like I mean are you you go in school to school. Are you sharing content on social media? What for people that want to know what the hell a sex educator does in today's world? What does uh, that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's uncharted territory. So I sort of just created the world I wanted to see. So I'm lucky in that I get to create my job in terms of what I want to do and then how I make money from that. But mm. I'm not going school to school. Luckily, I have a lot of really wonderful colleagues that focus on education of youth, but mine is for adults. Sure, if a kid falls upon it and they learn something from it, great, but can't really mm-hmm. intend it for them because I do not have, you know, primary school education background. But right now my work looks like a lot of writing for different organizations. I teach a lot of my own private classes sometimes for other organizations. And I do a lot of like video product purchasing. Um, Mm. And then there's, you know, a a range of free content in forms of videos, social media. When I can, I really like to do events and curating those experiences, but it just depends on what the right opportunity is. And I'm actually, this year, I really want to focus on making a squirting product. So a product for people who squirt or release other fluids. There's lots of messy sex to be had. Lots of messy sex to be had. And I do have a question way down the line in our combo today about a product and if you were to create, launch, patent your own. So just let that start to simmer. Let that marinate. We're going to get to it. Um, sex education, what, what brought you to this specific career path? At what point did you say, you know what, I give enough of a shit. I am fascinated enough by sex that I want to go ahead and make it my life's work. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't intend to disappoint my parents every day but you know we're here now um no they're they're not disappointed but also i don't seek my self-worth and validation from my parents approval so they they deal with it that's more where we are at uh but it's not something that i thought i was going to do for a living even when i kind of Mm. like got interested in sex and sexuality it was kind of more of like a hobby a personal project and it took getting fired from a job and trying to do a job I didn't hate and falling into sex education. I was actually assisting Kenneth play. And while I was doing that, I kind of realized, Oh, I like things to be taught in a certain way that I'm not seeing represented. And my experience isn't being represented and people are responsive to me. And I just realized it was something that I was good at. There was a need for it. And it also was able to kind of hit on all of my creative sides as well. It's like, I really like curating content. I really like thinking about the people that are consuming it. And I'm not really doing it for myself and like patting myself on the back, but it's Mm. more of creating content where people can see themselves in it and just being able to challenge people. But, you know, I mean, the second time I have sex was a threesome with two guys. So it's not like 
I wasn't off to a good start. I already had a lot of things under my belt, but it was more so that I've always been kind of one to rebuke societal standards in general. Mm -hmm. Can I, can I ask, you said that there wasn't your kind of approach that was, uh, I, I guess, in existence, visible or accessible to sex education at the time that you first, you know, joined this, this, this career path and entered this foray into sex education. Can I ask what that kind of presentation or style was that you wanted to fulfill? Yeah, so I come from a marketing background and I was able to learn a lot about user experience, whether that's like, you know, physically walking into a restaurant or the user experience on a website. And when you have to consider that, you have to consider who's going to use it correctly, who's going to use it incorrectly, what are mm -hmm. people going to take away from this? If I want them to be thinking about things in a certain way, how do I set that up so they do it, not trusting people? And mm. I think it takes, and I, I've seen other people do it, but not as many where you're able to think about the variety of ways in which something will be consumed. So you're not just trying to like teach how to do this. You're thinking about the other end of how people are going to consume it and what they're going to run away with. And like, that also goes, you're thinking about all the possible wrong ways that they can run away with it. And like, okay, yeah. now how do I put something in place so they don't go there? So they don't think this thing. And honestly, like some people could just say, oh, that sounds like anxiety. And you know what? It probably is that too. <laughs> I think that we are, there's, there's more of us starting to think that way as what is the end result of what I'm putting out there? How will it be received? And I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that is part of this whole cancel culture idea. I, I'm not for it at all, but I think that we're starting to question a little bit more about how content or what we put out there is received, how yeah. it's going to be consumed to a degree, you know? Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. And no. I mean, I would say, I mean, you were, I have hired you for some of my events as well, but in general, when I, whether it's a panel or it's performances, generally I, the opinion of the people I hire is worth more to me than that of the audience. Mm. And I've always kind of been that way where it matters more to me of the people that are participating in the show, in the panel that, you know, if they enjoy themselves, if they had a yeah. good time, that's because then, then they'll come back. The people are going to, they're going to enjoy it no matter what. And if they don't, then yeah. like, you know, that's, that's the risk you run. Yeah. Lola, what fascinates you about sexuality? What's something that you could just spend hours, days thinking about uh, one specific nuance in this whole sexuality experience that we live in our lives? I really think it's the ability that we can never dig deep enough and we can <sighs> never stop learning about ourselves and we can never stop surprising ourselves and that's going to keep changing when you have combinations of people so a lot of times we don't like to do that digging because it's very uncomfortable so we may say oh it makes me uncomfortable when you go out with other people or I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm avoiding this conversation with you and like we kind of stop there of like okay mm. these things don't match but we can we can dig so much deeper and the only thing that really stops us is like a discomfort of, I don't want to have that conversation or I don't want to think about this too long. Would you say it's limitless? Oh yeah. That's the yeah. thing why this career will always fascinate me is because people are constantly changing. Combinations of people are constantly changing and technology is constantly changing beyond that. So there's always going to be something new to learn. And then also like you know, the more things that become taboo or that become not taboo, then just creates a whole different level of kinks. I'll always ask someone when they're into something of like, 
tell me about that. What does this do for you? And that's always, it's always so interesting to just get those different points of view because someone else, their sexual lens is completely different from ours. Totally, totally. Obviously, you know, once you start exploring these conversations, you can build a community of people that are also down to discuss this and explore this. But when you look at today's society overall, would you say that we're starting to have more of these conversations that go deeper into our own sexuality? Or are we not seeing things progress as quickly as we'd like to? Where where do you think today's general public is in exploring and understanding their sexuality? I mean, I, I think it's never going to be pro- progressing as fastly as we want to or as fast right. as it should. But I am seeing a lot more conversations around things than I had previously. And honestly, like cancel culture is part of the reason to thank for that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a shame that it's more of, you know, public humiliation is what's really pushing this to the forefront, but we're able to consider a lot more people's experiences other than our own. And I think that's a lot easier for people who aren't cis white men or just who aren't cis and white, because those are people where like society's built for you. And when things don't go your way, you're like, oh no, but like that's been happening to everyone all of the time. And yeah, I think it's, it's it's a lot of like shame unpacking that probably that's what I would like to see work a bit faster. I think there's a lot of a lot of projection, a lot of ooh, your thing is gross. Um, that's gross. I'm not going to worry about this about myself because mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I don't know, fulfill what the patriarchy told me to do or what the magazines tell me is hot or what porn tells me is hot. And I think that's the part that I don't think we're cracking into. But I do think I see a lot more normalization of kink, a lot more normalization of gender expression, of fluidity, of sexuality, of gender. I mean, even just like the the rise of bisexuality and non-binary, those, mm-hmm. I think that's what's made the most strides into our lexicon. Yeah. And that's, that's so recent when you think about it, like we're talking last five years, you know, that the mass public has started using uh, this language and, and having these conversations. Let's bring them all in on this by, by asking you, Lola Jean, when it comes to mental health overall, how important is sexuality how much does our sexuality impact our overall mental health our happiness our fulfillment i think a lot of people may want to reject that sexuality weighs in that much on their overall happiness but but give us the facts on this as the mental health expert that you are i think it very much depends on person to person of like are you happy sexually with yourself or others? Or are there things that are going unaddressed because you don't want to deal with that shame? But overall, I think one of the important things between mental health and sexual health and as those all sexual pleasure and as those relate is that a lot of people see mental health as like a a sickness I'm going to fix. I'm going to go to a professional a couple times and I'm fixed. I'm all good. And whereas a professional can give you the tools you need to manage yourself, there's going to be ebbs and flows based on what's going on in your life, what's going on in the world. And Mm -hmm. that could range from anything from your masturbation practice to your relationship with shame and your genitals or your sexuality to the quality of your sex life. And, you know, it's our ability to love 
live and and fuck honestly and when any of those are impacted for whatever that means to you then that can impact our mental health the important thing is that we are not entitled to anything or anyone so you may say like oh i'm not getting enough sex that's not helping my mental health no one has to give that to you um so yeah. it, it could be of like you know maybe i'm not forming enough relationships or maybe i'm stretching myself too thin and i'm i have too many emotional relationships and I just need to have like one and more sexual ones. So it's really dependent on the person, but that's also why I think self-pleasure is one of the most important to develop and depend Mm. on because that one doesn't go away. You'll always have yourself. You always have your hand or a pillow nearby. Yes. Yes. And I just did it before opening the Zoom room. (laughs) Like I, I am such a, I love to preach on that personally as often as I can. It's like the ability to understand pleasure that you can you can conjure for yourself that you can make for yourself oh my gosh what an incredible sense of like I know me like it just it it does wonderful things for your self-confidence how how does someone begin to repair or even acknowledge that they may have an unhealthy relationship with their own sexuality is it something that's easy easily identifiable or is it something that you have to wait to be commented on from a partner, a lover, an outside source? I think it just depends on how open and honest you are with yourself or how hidden these things are. Because what you can do is like give yourself a tour of your body and just seeing what comes up or being able to say, I'm okay with this. You don't have to love your body. You don't have to love your genitals. You don't have to love your sex life or any of that, but are you okay with it? And if you can Mm -hmm. have that objectivity, that's the good first step towards it. But I think a lot of it, honestly, is just like unpacking all of these little comments and experiences from our youth that have really weighed on us. Like Mm -hmm. I had so much shame around my discharge that I'm unpacking where it's like, dude, it's, discharge my body's gonna do it and it does it in all different types of ways why was I so ashamed of it it's just like you know your armpit sweat it's like yeah that's gonna happen sometimes especially if you're moving throughout the day and it's all of these little things that like you're just gonna continually kind of unpack when it like pops into your head like oh wow where did that come from yeah it's Um, it's it's so mind-blowing because there's like parts of us as individuals that evolves over time and like doesn't stay stagnant but then there's like some of these learnings that we've had in our age of say sexual discovery self-discovery coming of age that kind of sticks and it like echoes and reminds us and we carry it with us even though other aspects and elements of our life have evolved there's still that first understanding of you know maybe one sexual aspect of ourselves and we carry that like Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's this like this balance because I see the two sides of it. And I feel like there's one side that's just like my discharge and gross, fuck you, Mm. blah, blah, blah. And it gets like mad at the other person. But I think like the step in the middle of that is just like not caring. It's just like, well, my discharge isn't gross. That sounds like you're projecting an opinion, which you can sit with on your own time. Um, And not that it takes the affirmation of a partner Mm. or another person or a friend. um, But I think the affirmation specifically can't be this really negative energy. And it has to be either like objective or just like, I don't really care. And I think that's one of like 
the beauty of like, even with squirting of just finding a person or a partner who is kind of ambivalent to squirting where I wanted someone who can love it and hate it with me. And I was actually just thinking about this when we were talking about this initially, but they're over Thanksgiving. I had brought my boyfriend to like meet my family and we were in a hotel room and we were just talking and he'd mentioned that he packed some puppy pads in his uh-huh. suitcase. And I like started crying. I was like, he did that without asking. I was like, that is, I did I forgot them. I was like, that was so sweet. <gasps> that is so sweet. Oh my God. That's beautiful. What a beautiful way to show someone, hey, everything that you do is cool. In fact, I'm a part of it. Let me, I'm a part of this. Right? That's beautiful. Yeah. That is so gorgeous. So Lola, if you were to design a product that isn't on the market today. It could be a toy. It could be a pleasure item. It could be a fun aid for the bedroom, whatever it is. What would this product be that comes from your knowledge, your experience that you think is missing today? Well, I'm one I'm in the process of working on is a disposable squirting product that is not shameful, something that you, that isn't made for dogs and something that you don't want to hide under your bed or in your closet, but something that you're proud to have out. And, you know, there's a myriad of other things that we're looking to help people who squirt and the people who fuck them in our process of developing this product. Mm. Um, and then from there, probably one that's also reusable, but man, the disposable ones like has been my best solution as well. And I figure if it's good for me, it's probably good for a lot of people. Um, that's like, that's the easy answer, but honestly, for the harder answer, I'm like, I, I, there are a couple of grinding toys on the market, but there needs to be more. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, I want a grinding toy. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to, yeah. There's one called the Ruby glow that uh-huh. a, an erotica writer, she developed it because she would be writing, but she wanted to masturbate, but she's writing. Yeah. So yeah. she, it's like, it looks like a little, like, honestly, like a, a saddle. Yeah. That you put down, you can kind of like grind on it. That's awesome because for me, it's always been like whatever my water drinking glass is. Like this one has little like ridges on the end of it. So like there's that or there's um, a book, the spine of a book, like no joke. Like if you just, I know exactly that motion and that need to grind. So let's just oh, you, make a That's whole, what let, you use to grind on? Yeah, if like there isn't anything else and I'm in the moment feeling it, I have absolutely used uh, some kind of a pint glass, some kind yeah. of a, a spine of a book, you know, like it's it's that little friction you want to push up on it. So I, I want to yeah. see more of those. That's what something where I could like strap this to someone's leg or, or oh, wherever yeah. a part of their body. Like, yeah, something that's rigid because the other things you have to like hold it or something like that. Yeah. But something I can strap it needs on to be. It needs to be an in-between of something that is like way too solid, like a kitchen counter, but way too soft, like a rolled up pillow, something in the middle ground that has an isolated area that I can really target myself onto. That would probably be the dream product. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and then wow. You put it over someone's nose. I always feel like I'm going to break someone's nose. I know. I know, right? Have, have you it, done that? I have not broken someone's nose, but it's very easy to think it's about to happen when, you know, if you're a rough grinder or you need to like really, you know, just get that angle and lean into it. You don't want to hurt somebody. There's yeah. a lot going on Certainly. in here. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that happens to me if I'm like writing a dick too. Like my boyfriend thinks I'm going to break it. Well, he knows I'll break it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you can. 
It can happen. It, it's it's not pleasant. It's terrifying and traumatizing for all oh, no. involved. Trust me. <laughs> so that one has happened. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not pleasant. There's like an absolute undeniable popping sound. That's all. Like that's it. That's I. You know, it's it's an audible experience. It's it's incredible. It's amazing what our bodies can do and do to each other. So let's be good to them, everyone. Lola, um, for everyone watching and listening, how do they find out about your teachings, your career, all of your incredible philosophies on life? And of course, this little product that you just maybe hinted at a little bit. Maybe, maybe. Uh, hopefully we'll get a Kickstarter up this year, but you can find out all that information plus the myriad of other things that I do at lolajean.com. And that is also my social media handle with the D-O-T spelled out. There you can find, you know, some of my free offerings, video classes. You can take a fun quiz to find out what kink you are, sign up for my mailing list uh, and see if I'm coming to a city near you or see if I'm squirting in a city near you. That's yes. Please make sure you're watching out for that one. Lola, you know how we're talking, we started this conversation with squirting kind of coming into its own spotlight. Do you have any predictions for what the next aspect of sexuality is or experience in sexuality that may come up in conversation? Do you have a, a forecast to predict? Hmm, interesting. Well, I feel hmm. like pegging already had its time in the sun a little bit as eating had its time in the sun of like what the next thing is mm -hmm. some because it's just like what's something that's like pleasurable but also very skilled and in my head I'm like is fisting too much is that too much to come into the, is that not it's not as accessible I feel like as a lot of the other things um but yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question of like, how kinky is it going to get? Is it going to go right. to a little bit of chastity? Right. Um, I, I mean, like I'm, my obsession with fisting has very much increased in the past few years. So maybe, you know, vaginal or anal fisting. Yeah. 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 I'm, one, I'm curious Only to one see. can hope. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to see what the next, you know, uh, trend is going to be or conversation that's going to be. Oh. I think it's actually, it's face sitting. I think it's going to be face sitting. Face sitting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Lots of thoughts on it. Ready to uh, do the demos and all that damn business. I'm happy Just with that. that no broken good. noses. No, but we got to get that grinding toy. That's yeah. why. It's a nose, it's a nose protector. <laughs> That's what it is. We need that. That is so fucking great. Lola, you're the best. Thank you for making time to chat today. And uh, I hope everyone listening and watching enjoyed this episode of Licked and Loaded, a Cam4 podcast. I'm Laura Desiree. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>